Welcome, everyone. This is Chris Bartley with the Antihero Clinic podcast. I'm here with my amazing author, speaker. Uh, how else should I introduce him? Uh, he is he's a good friend of mine. Just Mac a guy. Miller. Just a guy. <laughs> just, just a guy is his moniker. Uh, Maxwood Analyst, man, it's so good to, to have you on. What I'm going to do is I, I just want to make sure that we are we are actually streaming properly here, even though this is going to be for audio. But, uh, you know, I just want to make sure that this is doing us good, just doing us uh, justice. So let's see here. I guess give me one second. Um, yeah. So it looks like it's it's on. So hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully it, uh, it works. You know what? I think that there's a lag sometimes. And anyway, that's something I'm going to have to work out. Okay. So putting all of that to the side, how are you, man? How's, how's everything going? Man, I'm here, man. Just taking it yeah. day by day, you know, trying to work, trying to work on things, put ideas in a material way. It's, yep. Honestly, it's just a day by day process, man. Yeah. Day by yeah. day at this point. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. I hear you. You know, um, so one of the one of the things that we talked about yesterday, which uh, mm -hmm. let me see if, uh, so so we we actually and it's so interesting, right? So we talked about this idea of leaning in to our gift, especially for the last two months of the year. I mean, that's all we've got left. We've only got two months, man. Like. 60 days. That's, that's about yeah. it. And, uh, and you said, I remember you saying, yeah, man, maybe that's, that's what it should be, you know, lean in, you know? And I think you're right. I think that I am going to use that for the next 60 days leaning in. I mean, uncomfortably, uncomfortably, aggressively into, into the gift. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, but what does leaning in mean to you? Uh, when I think of leaning in, I think of the, the activity they do sometimes in groups, the trust fall. Mm, yeah. And um, just allowing yourself to fall into the arms of a group of people. So what's scary, I think, with leaning in is that uh, there's so many variables that are not in your control. Mm. So you're doing the leaning in you have to do it with faith because so much is out of your control. And I know for me in particular, I tend to be very hesitant and reluctant with things that I can't control. <laughs> that's, that, 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 that's, what, that's one of my issues, man. Like the more that I can't control, the more reluctant I am. Yeah. Um, the more that I can't script, um, and try to like, okay, be able to predict and be able to sort of like put myself in a position where I think like what I'm going to do is going to be successful yeah. and try to think ahead of the adjustments that might need to be made. That's when I find myself being very tentative to like lean in and make a, and make a position. So just to go back to that, um, trust fall analogy, mm. if, 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 if I look back before I fall and I see it's a group of, I don't know, six-year-olds, for example, <laughs> I'm going to be like, hold up. 
<laughs> no matter how much instruct, the, the instructor is to let, letting me know that, hey, you know, they got you. These these six-year-olds, these are like the top six-year-olds in the world. They've been, <laughs> they've been leading the world in truck yeah. ball catches for the past five years. Like, I'm just going to be like, eh. if I look back and I see a group of strong men, though. It's, mm. So it, it, it's just that inability um, sometimes to see and to know um exactly you know how things will be able to go down but that's part of it is the is the is an unknown factor that makes leaning in um what it is overall like that's what makes it worth it i should say it's scary leaning in removes this this uh the net the safety net yeah. So you yeah. know, so last so last night, I think it was yesterday, man. Time is just flying by. It's already Wednesday. We're in the middle of the week already. Uh, had a friend of mine that told me, and so let's talk about this. You know, told me about uh, the the magic that I had. You know, he said that I had this ability to take all of these ideas. It's ironic because I'm like, I don't think I have this ability for myself, but apparently <laughs> the magic works for other people. He's like, you know, I have this ability to. Uh, take people's ideas, concepts, and just to create a framework, you know, build a framework from it, mm -hmm. making things super clear, connecting dots, helping them to reach a particular outcome. And, um, and he, and he, and then he said, you know, cause we were in this engagement meeting together. Um, uh, I think it was earlier this year. And he, he told me, you know, if, if this was a CEO from another company, like, you know, not one of our colleagues, but from some top tier company, He's like, Chris, you would have done the same exact thing. Um, but you don't really see that. And I was like, uh, yeah, I get it. And one of the things that I realized is that for a lot of us, especially as anti-heroes, we may know what we're good at doing, but mm -hmm. we don't triple down on it. He actually was telling me, you need to triple down on this ability. Like you're, you're kind of using it when people come in and ask you for help or, you know, this or that. But you mm -hmm. actually need to make a concerted effort to put like pretty much all the chips on the table and go all in. That for me is scary. And uh, yesterday, you know, I talked about a part one of leaning into the gift. Um, I talked about this idea of not just recognizing it, but finding the platform. And for me, uh, Antihero is the platform, whether if it's the podcast, whether if it's the, you know, the, the 10 session series that I'm doing right now, like this is it. And that's scary, bro. Like I am scared out of my mind. There is nothing because, you know, just like a startup, a startup isn't a business yet. You know, it's just a mixture of ideas and experiments. There's nothing monetarily attached to this thing, you know? So I still got to support myself while trying to lean all in. <laughs> so, you know, so uh, for you as a writer, what does that look like? What does leaning in look like for you, especially over these next 60 days? Now, that's a good transition because I think one of the aspects that get lost in writing at times is, for people who don't write, at least not on a consistent basis or just in a way where they're trying to use that to reach people or sort of advance their career or whatnot, they don't quite really get the part of writing where it is taking a piece of yourself and putting it out there into the world. And there can be a lot of like um, trepidations that come with that because when you put it out into the world, you don't, you can't control, it comes out control again. You can't yeah. control how the world takes it. 
you know, as a writer, you know, you become good at being able to communicate and to frame what you want to say in the way exactly that you want to say. But even then, <laughs> even when you put it very, very clear what you want to say, somebody else, just by the nature of our humanity, is going to look at that and see it a completely different way. So for me, I think that's the hard part sometimes. Like even as I'm working on a book right now, it's just there are a lot of things that I'm writing, hmm. and I'm just like, should I put that in? Should I take that off? Should I write it differently? Is it, Do I really want... So it's, it's always that uh, back and forth of just wondering um, how much to lean into the content. I'm not even talking about the the publishing and the and, yeah. and the promotion. That that just the writing, the content yeah. itself, the storytelling itself. There's already that process of how much do I want to lean into that as far as how much I give. So it's it, it's a constant um, battle, if you will. There are times that I'll, I'll think of something I'm like, oh, no, definitely I'm not writing about that. And then two days later, you know what? Yeah, I need to. And then you go back. And so yeah. it's it's a it's a journey. It's a journey. And um, I definitely want that by the end of this year to, 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 to have that journey be fruitful mm. in that sense um, to be able to own it. I think that's one of the main things for me is just just to own the stories, yeah. Own the story, own your story. Um, you know, can't control how it's going to be received. You can't control how it's going to be processed by others. But mm -hmm. once you own your story, I think, you know, I, I like to call it the 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 Eminem and the Eight Miles uh, <laughs> symptom. You know, like, hey, I, I, I already rapped about how bad my life is. Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> what, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what you going to do now? What you going to do? You know, I'll take all the weapons. Yeah, there there was, you remember, you know what? I, I've never added 8 Mile as one of my favorite movies. It's, I think it's, I just like the battle part. So maybe it's not one of my favorite, yeah. like in my top yeah, 10. The battle, but, yeah. but there is yeah. this look that he has. When he's like, oh, I got this sucker now. You know, like there, that look, he was staring at me and said, oh, yeah, I got you. That look of yeah. ownership. And then he just starts, you know. everybody from the 313, man, I, he just, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he was ready. Yeah. And so uh, what was the process for you that that allowed you to, to take ownership of your story? You know, so I'm going through this, uh, this 10 session right now that's like, it's it's called learn your story and live your purpose. Right. And so in okay. between that, though, you mentioned something that's key. You can learn about your story, but if you don't take ownership of it, it's going to be hard to live the purpose, even if that purpose is a project, you know, something that's seasonal. Mm -hmm. So what did you have to do in order to um, uh, and, and let's probably maybe the previous book might be a better example versus the, cause you're in the thick of it right now, you know, for this current one. Mm -hmm. Um, what did you have to do to say, okay, I'm owning up to this. It's super vulnerable and I'm going to release it. Cause I think that for you, um, and maybe for all of us, the, the pinnacle of taking ownership of our story is releasing it like you said, and having no longer any control falling back and you just might have, <laughs> you know, the dwarfs behind you like, oh my goodness, I might crush these people, but you know, the weight of my story, right. and it's like, well, you just got to trust the process and fall back. So what did you have to do in order to 
to lean in um, in this ownership? Man, it all came down to when you recognize the necessity for healing. Mm. Where it's just like, I need to heal. Wow. It's not even like, okay, I might get to it later. Like, yo, if I don't heal, I'm going to crash and it's going to be bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. Point, of, point of no return type of crash. Like, I don't know if you ever seen the movie Any Given Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like in Al Pacino's very famous um, halftime speech in the locker room, inches. he said to the guy, paraphrasing a little bit, right, the inches we need are right in front of us or right. everywhere. But he says that, like, it, it, we either heal now or we die in the football Ooh, in the yeah. football in the football way yeah and you know for me that's what it was and my first book took five years mm -hmm. to write started in 2013 um ended and published in 2018 yeah and i was explaining to a friend just earlier this week that what it is what it ended up being was not what it started as mm. The, the title that it ended up having is not even the first or the second title. Mm. So it's like there was a journey within that itself. But the, what the journey, the main thing I battled with was, God, you have to protect my vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because number one, I'm doing this for you. Yeah. In the sense of I want your name to be glorified through my story. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I don't want for people when they finish reading the book, when they get to the last page and they close the book, to be like, oh my goodness, this guy Max did this. And I want to be like, oh, look at Jesus here. Mm -hmm. So I say, God, you have to cover me because if not, whatever scrutiny or whatever, even good or bad, mm -hmm. comes from that, I don't know if I can handle it. Because even in the times where it's people who I know support me, people who want to care about me, who come and say, oh, my gosh, I bought your book. Like, literally, every time somebody says, yo, I got your book, I read your book, all I hear is, hey, dog, I saw you naked. That's what I hear. <laughs> because it's like the vulnerability that that book contains, right, is so uh, pure. But ultimately, it came down to it was something that was almost essential to do because the necessity for healing was so pressing. And I stopped writing several times. Mm. There was so I'm like, God, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. And then each time God would allow something to happen, we're just like, this is why you need to write. I'm like, ah, okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, to put to put a much more simple way, I was watching Saturday Night Live the, um, a couple of weeks ago. And Chris Rock was hosting, and you, you mentioned the James Baldwin quote that stuck with me since. He said, James Baldwin said, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can change until it's faced. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, yeah, that's good. There was so much, there was so much in my life that I just never faced. Hmm. It was just status quo. So the book allowed me to face them. And it was because the need for necessity. So as I, the necessity for healing. 
So as I was doing it, I had to own up. I had to own up to, to the things I was writing about because if I did it, then I couldn't write about them. So the, the literal process of writing, of imputing words in a document and not de deleting it was the owning up and internally um, just going through the process with that with God of saying, okay, God, I'm keeping this in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You gotta yeah. protect you, you gotta protect me on the back end or the yeah. front end, if you will. So yeah, yeah, that that's what it looked like for me in, in, in that in that book. And it's happening with, with this book too. Mm. It's happening with this book too. So um, yeah, man, it's 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 a process, it's a continual process. And it sounds like it's a it's a very spiritual process for you, you know. Um you you talked about uh, this idea of not everything that's faced can be changed. <laughs> and not, mm -hmm. uh, but nothing. Uh, how, how did the other change? Go? Nothing can change. Nothing can change, change until you see, until you face. And and so, it seems to me, you know. So we're both we're both definitely uh, we we operate from the Christocentric philosophy, right? We're Christians, so I think a large part of our journeys is deeply spiritual. You know, and so I think that for those of us that are those of you that are listening or watching, um, you know, I want to tie this in. So for those of you that may not be, you know, spiritual or religious or so here's here's the the caveat in the in the hero's journey. So Joseph Campbell, uh, 1949, he coined this term called the monomyth, which is uh, short for the hero's journey. There is a lot of spirituality in it, from atonement with the Father to apotheosis, which is becoming this godlike uh, uh, being that's that's wrapped in bliss, joy, and divine knowledge, to the supernatural aid that's given before you cross the threshold into the special world. Guys, a lot of this is spiritual. Okay, so I don't want us to run away from the fact that. Um, there are forces, there are, and for, for us, for, for Max and I, personally, these forces are not just forces, they're actual beings, right? Personalities, right. They're, they're people, but they're transcendent, who actually have a part, a large role to play in our in our journeys, just like Joseph Campbell's. And I'm not sure, I think I think Campbell was a uh, was Catholic, but the the narratives, that he was pulling from these ancient narratives as he kind of just uh, connected them all together, he realized they all had patterns, you know? And so a lot of it is a deeply spiritual journey. And so what that means for a lot of you, uh, including myself, is that we have to get in touch with, and I don't want to sound, you know, <laughs> I don't want to sound like a, you know, a uh, 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 new age pantheism here, but we got to get in touch with our inner self, <laughs> You know, we gotta, because if you don't fully understand who you are, then you're going to have a hard time wrestling with the gifts that has already been given to you. I think that that's, that's for us, you know, is key is you have to have this sense of awareness. Awareness a lot of times comes through meditation. Max, how, how important has meditation been for you? Now I must, I must add a context. The, the context here is for us when we meditate we're not clearing our minds, but we're filling them, right? So, so we have again, we have a different perspective, right? Our spiritual journey is not um, uh, uh, 
making sure that our minds are empty, but we're actually from a, from a biblical perspective, uh, particularly Philippians four eight, whatever things are true, just noble of good report. Think on these things. So, when you go through a meditative process, first question is, what does that look like? What does that feel like for you? And second, do you have that kind of process before you write? Uh, not necessarily. Okay. Before I write, uh, that process for me is one that takes place. It's not even like scheduled or necessarily regulated that way. Mm -hmm. It's sort of a thing that I know at some point or another I need to do, and and I go ahead and I do it for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I I I try to spend a lot of times outdoors. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's that's kind of my thing where I just kind of like it is. I, I refer to them as my spots, places that I know that when I need to get away, yeah, that I can just go to um, and be and sort of contemplate. Most of them are by waters. Like I did, there's a certain sense of calm that comes with being next to a body of water. So, mm. um, yeah, man, that time in nature, uh, I do, I do spend some of that time there. And a lot of times that's where I can go and just be able to talk to God. Cause you know, yeah, like we pray, you know what I'm saying? You know, Father be with me, be me throughout the day, this, this, and that. But there are times that for me, I need to have like those long conversations mm -hmm. <laughs> with God and, and, and just be able to contemplate uh, my life and the things in it and the things that are, are surrounding it. So a lot of times the way I do that is just by being out in nature. Another way for me is I go walking. Uh, sometimes I go walking Usually if I'm like going walking for exercise purposes, I mm -hmm. usually have my headphones in or something like that. But if I'm walking, like if you're driving to the street, you see I'm walking, I don't have my headphones in, it's more than likely one of those meditative walks. Gotcha. Um that I'm doing because at this point now I don't want the distraction of the music or the podcast or whatnot. Mm -hmm. I just want to be able to, you know, talk to God, hear from him and contemplate the thoughts. So yeah, I mean it's 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 not only spiritually uh necessary for me mm -hmm. but like just from a mental emotional standpoint as well uh you know just the mental health aspect of that like it's very valuable uh, i also listen to classical music you know from time to time okay. just Perfect. yeah just anything calming yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying like, Man, I, I haven't listened to any classical the, music in a long time actually you know one of the things transition here is I have not really been outside as much as I used to. And it, it begs the question, like, what has happened? What has shifted in me where I'm almost, I'm not vampiric, but, you know, borderline, mm -hmm. you know, the, the <laughs> it's almost as if when I, when I go outside and I do feel the sun hit me, I'm like, oh my goodness, why don't I do this more often? You know? Um, yeah. And, and sometimes I feel like I've been in the house so long that that I, I'm deficient of vitamin D to the point that my bones no. might break if I, you know, just bump it against something or, you know, obviously that's not the case. But, you no, know, um, yeah. you know, so so this this idea of of getting out, I probably would say that the the getting outside of the house is probably uh, parallel to getting outside of our ourselves, right? Getting outside of our head getting outside of the, the the things that might feel overwhelming, you know, for you and for, for many of us, you know, that the work from home culture still exists. 
you know, a lot of us are still mm-hmm. working from home. So, but especially for those of us that have been working from home before, <laughs> working right. from home, before a WFH acronym, yeah. uh, where we relax and where we sleep, where we live is also where we work. And so this idea of removing yourself from the place that you actually are going to, you know, have to have to be super productive and have to face all of these mm-hmm. thoughts and put something down on paper. Um, that's, that's, that's very interesting. Okay. So let's, let's bring this, let's bring this thing back around now to leaning into our gifts, man. We've got 60 days left, right? And for me, particularly, I realized that it's scary because in order for me to lean into the gift, right, in order for me to do the anti-hero thing the way that I know that it needs to be done, it's going to take a few things. Um, it's going to take a rigorous routine, setting up everything um, and uh, going live every day around the same time, if not the same time, even if people aren't watching, you know, not having the audience just yet um, and being okay with that. It's, here's the thing. It's, and and you mentioned this too, Max, you said writing down your story and then not deleting it. I have to put this stuff up and I have to keep it up. Do you know why? Listen, I was about to have us start all over because I'm streaming from StreamYard to, to Crowdcast and Crowdcast has like a 20 second delay or something like that. And so it cut off, I think, part of our intro. And I'm looking at this thing here, you know, I'm going like from tab to tab, you know, like in the browser and I'm thinking, ah, it ain't perfect, man. We got to do this thing over. Nah, keep it. Let it ride. How many times have you had this let it ride? You just got to let it go and you just got to lean into an even more um, experience uh, because I think this is a large part of our aggressiveness in leaning into this, into our, into our gifting. How many times have you just had to make the conscious decision, especially when you saw your finger, your index finger just hovering over the delete button, you know, <laughs> after you highlighted a huge chunk of text with your mouse and you just say, oh, man. let it go. Do it all the time, man. I yeah. think. And like you and I are both perfectionists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and a lot of that wanting to the self-editing, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The that's that's the way. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you continue to self-edit because mm-hmm. it's just never quite the way you want it. But the thing most people don't say about perfection, it's never gonna be the way you want it. Right. <laughs> right. So it's just like it's just you continue. And you know, I'm I'm referencing you know my first book because mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty good reference. Uh one of the reasons why it took five years is because as far as the content, the story itself was done, mm. but I spent a good year and a half just self-editing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like just, I would just kept editing the book over and, and I'll say the book, I mean the whole thing over and over, just like, yo, the story's done. Yeah. Don't just, just edit to make sure you don't have typos or grammar's all right, your syntax is all right. Yeah. But I just kept, so do I leave that in? Do I not leave that in? How people are gonna see me if I leave that in? How, like, so all of that stuff, man, was like very pressing for me in the writing process. Mm. So, like you said, um, there were things I wanted to take out. Yeah. Whether it was a whole paragraph, a whole story, 
a word or sentence, but ultimately it had to, it, it's so funny because my writing was kind of coinciding a little bit with my, um, how I, I, I got to know about Brittany Brown. Okay. Um, and I, I hadn't known her and someone had shared it with me. So it just like, it kind of coincided and Brandon Brown is heavy on the vulnerability thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm owning up that vulnerability and embracing that vulnerability. So <laughs> that kind of helped with some of the things I wanted to take out for fear of how the vulnerability was going to be exposed yeah. to be able to like keep those in and embracing the vulnerability that exists in them. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you know, yeah. Even now, man, even now, I could be writing a poem. I could be writing something where I'm just like, it's not necessarily, you know, going to be for big publishing or anything that that way. It's just me writing yeah. something that I may or may not share online. Hmm. But it's just like, if I use that word, it's going, you know, because for me with writing, it's not just the story, the sentence, mm. the paragraph, like I, every word I pick is very conscious because even I the understand how each, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I understand each, I understand each word mm. has a connotation, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, when I say, when I say a word, it connotes something to the, to, to the consciousness. So I'm very intentional about my use of adjectives. Like mm -hmm. I'm very, very conscious about that. So even with that, there are times that I know if I say this word is going to more likely be connoted in this one way. Mm -hmm. so, do I leave that in? Do I keep? So it's it's a back and forth, man. It's a yeah. back and forth. And when you're in it, it may not feel as heavy or overwhelming because you're kind of in the artistic process. Right. But like just us talking about it now, just like, bro, that can be exhausting. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, like when you're in it, you just kind of like in the process, you're just going in and stuff like that. But yeah, um, yeah self-editing, like that's a major thing. I feel like even as I talk sometimes, if I'm doing public speaking, mm -hmm. I'm self-editing in my head Yeah. Um, and, and, and trying to do that and control the narrative a little bit. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's uh, so it's it's very interesting. You know, I I think that we all self edit, but I think there are those of us who do it more, and we're more conscious than others. Like you say, you you do it at the article level, like yeah. The, the, and and what are the articles again? A the is an an article? I think so, right? Yeah, I believe right. Yeah, I should know this. Yeah, but one of the things that I realized is that when, like you said, you're in the creative process, well, it, it, we have to choose to do this to not self-edit. So there's a as there's an often um, misquote that is attributed to Hemingway, and I don't even think it was Hemingway. And if it was Hemingway, I think it's just usually taken out of context where he says to write drunk but edit sober. You know, so yeah, yeah. and you know, I, I believe it is a misquote because he he it's it's uh but but the point the point is the essence of it is in your creative process, produce and create it carefree, 
just just let it yeah yeah let it pass through you and just just let it put it down but then when it now it's time to go ahead and to tighten <laughs> you know tighten it in uh, uh to make sure that the context is accurate and to you know make sure that the articles are appropriately used and all of those things yeah, yeah, yeah. put on the hat of sobriety the the grunt work as a matter of fact you know grammarly just makes that easy for me i'll be real with you man i just start typing it out and then I'll just use the Grammarly yeah. app to fix a lot yeah, of this stuff. <laughs> you know? I'll be using that. Yeah. And you know what, man? I think that that's one of the things for me personally that is going to help me to lean in. There are tools or maybe even people that are out there that can help us do this stuff. I don't have to edit every single thing. You know, we right. should get to the point where we just are in charge of the creative part and then maybe even hand off the editing, so to speak, of our gift to someone else who's, that's what they're good at. They are good. I mean, without, uh, who was it that, that man, you, and you probably saw this movie because I, I watch a lot of writer movies, but I can't remember the name of it, but it was actually about the relationship between the writer and the editor. And it was really the editor without the, without an editor, the writers are really nothing. It's the editor yeah. that does all of the slashing and and pushing for them to to dig deeper and you know, but the editor isn't the writer, so it's this symbiotic exactly. relationship, you know. Exactly. Um, and exactly. I think that in order for to lean in, what that means is that we have to choose very carefully what what's the one and rarely two, but what's the one thing we are going to go all in on? Like what mm -hmm. is it? Here, let me give you an example, Max. So this is interesting. I think it was today I came to the realization, uh, you know, sometimes the thoughts, you know, you entertain the thoughts, but I think today it's solidified. And I got to say this carefully because I don't want to, you know, uh, limit myself. But oftentimes for those of us who are ideators and, you know, we, we fear limiting ourselves and our opportunities. But I believe that I am not a UX designer. I'm more of a UX researcher. And the reason why I say this is because a UX designer is the person who prototypes and wireframes to make the app, you know, to, to create okay. an app. Um, and then they hand it over to the developer to actually code it and to make the app a reality, right? So that's what a designer does, a mm -hmm. user experience designer. The UX researcher does all of this stuff before a designer comes in and wireframes mm -hmm. and prototypes it. They're the person that does the customer journey mapping. They're the person that does the interviews with the users. They're the person that gets all of the information that's necessary for a UX designer to say, okay, now that we have this information, how are we going to construct it? And I think that I'm both, but I'm starting to realize I'm more so one than the other. So I think one of the things that's helpful for us to do, and I don't know, maybe you can uh, can can speak on this, is to take an audit of all of the, the work that we've already done and truly be honest with ourselves. Where, what is my lane? What am I really good mm -hmm. at doing? You know, when I look at the articles that I've written on Medium over the last, uh, let's say, three months, a lot of them have mm -hmm. not been about UX design. It's been me researching companies, <laughs> putting them against each other and asking the question, how could one have you know done better than the other? Like that's that's strategy. That's business. You know, there's some design, but I'm actually writing more about design than designing. That says a lot, <laughs> you know? Wow. And so, yeah. So, so, so I think that you mentioned a few things, right? You mentioned this idea of limiting our self-editing, right? Letting our, letting, letting our creative selves just, just be able to 
to be free in the creative process. And then the self-editing will come and it should come, right? Which is important. You talked about being vulnerable and this idea of owning your story. Uh, if you can't own your story, you can't be vulnerable because there's nothing to be vulnerable about. You'd be like, well, that, that's not who I am. You, you don't understand me and I'm not gonna share enough about me so that you can tell me about myself, right? So there's, so there's that. Yeah. Um, and then you talked about leaning, like the, the falling back, which is part of the vulnerability where the trust fall, where you don't know what's behind you and you just gotta let it, you just gotta, you just gotta fall yeah, back. So. How, on a scale of one to 10, if, if you could, if you could, uh, <laughs> if, if we could even quantify this, leaning in for the next 60 days, what does it look like on a scale of one to 10 of you trust falling, knowing that your gift is behind you? How, how much on a scale of one to 10 should you fall all the way back knowing that your gift is going to cushion, <laughs> maybe this is a bad analogy, but it's going to cushion that fall. One being, I think I need to turn all the way around and almost do a push-up, <laughs> right? And 10 being, I'm putting my hands over my chest and I'm just going to close my Wakanda, eyes. Wakanda forever style. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wakanda forever. Just um, wow. Man, as far as should, what I should, I mean, it should be 10. Uh, Mm. But you see, for me, in my in my working creative process, mm -hmm. I the gift the gift is not what I worry about. Yeah, yeah. Like I know the gift is there. Like yeah. I don't worry about the gift. Um, to me, it's more like I worry about um, all the other factors that impact my ability to sustain and produce with the gift. Okay. So, man, I don't know if you, um, do you know, have you ever heard of Bassey Ikpi? Mm, I don't think I have. All right, so Bassey Ikpi is a, is a writer. Okay. Um, but she also did like spoken word and stuff like that. So that kind of, that kind of how she came up, but. How do you, how do you man, spell I, I might have. How do you spell her name? I'm gonna look her B, up. Right B A B A S S E Y I K P I. Almost, okay. almost, almost the same way it sounds. That's okay. a I see, Yeah. Okay. American Nigerian poet. Okay. No. No, I have not actually heard of her. Yeah. So, I read. She she wrote a book called <laughs> "I'm Telling the Truth, But I'm Lying." Uh huh. Right, and it's her book explaining her journey dealing with being bipolar, right? Uh -huh. And one of the most excellent books I've read, mm. like hands down, mm. her writing's impeccable. Like I remember when I read um, Ta-Nehisi Coates, Between the World and Me. Yeah. That same feeling I got reading Ta-Nehisi Coates was the same that I got reading her, like excellent writing, right? Yeah. And she was someone who was like doing spoken word, like deaf comedy jam, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she was in a space where she was dealing with having managers and being booked and all kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. she tells the story of uh, having to do a gig essentially 
but she's so crippled by um, what she's feeling emotionally and mentally and psychologically mm. that she can't go on stage. Mm, wow. She's literally, wow. She, she's literally in the dressing room under a, under the desk, under the table, mm. just where um, you know the whoever is in charge has to try to kind of come and try to get her. And so a lot of times the gift for me, that's not the issue. Like mm. writing in a sense of like the actual process of writing. That's yeah. easy. Yeah. It's the things that are associated with me. The things are going externally, but have yeah. an internal impact. Gotcha. So when I don't feel like writing, when I don't feel like writing, it's not because I'm done and I'm like, man, am I really a good writer? And that's not that. Yeah. It's bruh. Man, I just had this conversation with this person and it mm. didn't go well. And da 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 da. Yeah. Is writing really what I want to do right now? Like, gotcha. So yeah. as far as the as far as the leaning in process for the next two months, how much should I lean in as far as the gift goes? As far as the gift goes by itself, 10. That's no issue. But the variables that impact how I'm able to apply and produce on that gift. Yeah. That's that's what I get concerned about because, you know, you things knock you off, man. Like, you could be good. You know, you mm. go in, you have a nice writing session. Like, ooh, this feels good. <laughs> yeah, like, ooh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. We gonna knock this out again. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get on the streak for the week, and then you know, by the time you know nighttime comes, you get some news or something happened. Like. So to me, that's the hard part. Yeah, that's the hard part. It's not even. It's not even the, the gift. You know, it's it's mm. it's the variables that impact that gift. That I'm just like, how do you get to a place where, despite. The variables of mm -hmm. what's happening, where you can still go in. Yeah. And be productive. Mm. that's that's it that's it for me though yeah that's it for me that's good i think i think for me it is um the gift but in the framework of i have to still choose to fall back regardless of those variables so i think for me what would happen is these ideas or these circumstances uh, people the, the variables that you talk about even if they're mental will show up and then as i'm about to fall back i'm like ah hold on wait a minute Hold on, wait, wait. Uh, mm -hmm. Let me take care of these first or think these things out first and then fall back because I don't want to fall back and whatever I'm bringing with me as I'm falling back is going to crush the, the gift that now morphs from this strapping dude to the six-year-old. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. I don't know if it's going to carry me. Um, right. So, yeah, so I think that for me, it's, it's kind of the other way around where... I think, like you said, it's a 10. It is a 10 for me too. Um, but it's a 10 with the with the caveat that I have to trust that even with all of the baggage and stuff that's going to come as soon as, and this is, it happens all the time, right? It's as soon as we're about to fall back into it. 
as soon as we're about mm-hmm. to pick up the pen, as soon as we're going to, you know, start writing on this blank slate in Microsoft Word or Ulysses, for those of you that use that app or IA Writer or whatever app you use for writing, or as soon as I open up Photoshop or Illustrator or InDesign or Figma or Sketch or InVision, I'm just naming all kind of apps here. Like as soon as I do that, StreamYard, there's always going to be something that shows up, a distraction, uh, a phone call, a text message, a thought, something or someone that just says, hold up, wait, not yet. You got to fix some stuff first. And I think that there's this balance between, yeah, there's some stuff you got to fix before you can you know, do. But then at the end of the day, it's just you just got to do it. The most... Yeah difficult part. And I think that writing is really close to being an entrepreneur without a lot of us being entrepreneurs. It is a very entrepreneurial process though, where the the most gruesome part is the, the, is, is the, the trust that as you're writing, the thoughts will unfold as you're writing. It can only unfold and develop as you're doing it. And it's, it's crazy because even though I know this myself, even in the design process, I know that I can't think out the entire outline or the outcome and, yeah. and play into, you know, and, and I, it, it only comes when I am in the thick of it. And that's the most vulnerable part because I am, ha- we have no control over how the conversation or the next paragraph or the thought stream goes or the experiment or the design process goes when we're in it. But with that new data, with that new information, we can then say, oh, wow, we go to the next, you know, we, we keep we keep building on it. Um, so, yeah. Wow, man. You, you know what? My face, dude. Yeah, it is. There is a, a huge faith factor in choosing to to heavily lean into our gift for the next 60 days. Huge, yeah. huge, huge, huge. Um, so, OK, so let's let's wrap Let's wrap this up, man. I think that we have we have a lot of points that we've made. Um, give me give me like your three. We talked about a lot of things. Give me your three that for you and for others that are listening right now or maybe watching would need to accept or would need to adopt in order to aggressively lean in for the next 60 days on the thing that they know they should be doing because the year isn't over. The, the the quarter is still semi young. <laughs> Fourth quarter, we got we got a we we're, we're one third in, you know. So it, it's still yeah, fresh. Yeah. You know, it hasn't fully expired. What are those three things that you think? It could be more, but at least three that you think they need to lean into this thing. Uh, just before I give my three, I just want uh, to say something towards you uh, when you were talking about earlier. You know, you being more of a UX researcher and a designer, way before you even mentioned that in a conversation, as you were speaking of your friend talking about uh, your gift, hmm. uh, the term that came to mind was that you are a mental architect hmm. in the sense of you have the ability to, um, like, somebody brings an idea. Like me, I'm a very good idea guy, but I don't often know the steps to make the idea happen. So when we had our like um, session a couple of weeks ago, whatever was in my head, you somehow was able to like hmm. put a blueprint for me that I could be like, oh, I can actually see it. Cause it's very hard for me sometimes 
if I don't have exact steps yeah. to know. And like when we talked, it was like, oh, there's there's an actual blueprint there. If I wanted to do something, like I can do that. Right. Instead right. of just like, okay, I have I have this idea. I have no idea how to put it together. <laughs> so uh, I think that's yeah, if like your mental architects in the mm -hmm. way just allowing people the ability to take what they have mentally and not necessarily knowing how to put it together and providing them uh, the blueprints and stuff like that. Thanks, um, man. I appreciate that. Please, Speaking of which, we we're gonna, oh, no, we're, gonna yeah. we're gonna do a follow up. You're gonna do a follow up to that to that session. Oh, no. Where you at? And, uh, <laughs> how things are okay. going? Be a good a good way to to get people also, you know, kind of inspired in in a in a new approach on how to uh, develop some of the concepts that they want to put in a book. So, uh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up, man. Because um, that was a very good session. Actually, I think it was the first time yeah, we well. did I did something like that too. So for us to do yeah, it together yeah, and for us to collab, it was really it was yeah. really cool because I was really pulling from what you already created. Right, the the things right, that you have, right. and just kind of piecing yeah. it together. So, um, yeah, good stuff, man. It was good. It was good. Um, the three things. The first one that comes to mind is uh, there's a verse in the Bible that said, "To thy own self be true," hmm. and uh, I'm using that to refer to the vulnerability part of. I think, and I can't, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but obviously there might be people who relate. Uh, the biggest part sometimes with our own story is the rejection aspect. You know, we all want to be accepted. We all want to feel appreciated and loved. So a lot of times what we want to portray to people is what we believe they will like. Gotcha. So if I know that when I get around Chris, Chris, you know, grew up in the hood, there's a way he talks, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying like, I'm just going to mirror that because I want to feel connected to you and I want to feel like you feel, oh, he's one like me. Like, we just kind of like that because God made us this way to want to feel like we belong. But when the Bible says to your own self, be true, he's saying, you know, don't compromise who you are as well as your character and personality yeah. in order for your approval, an approval that's honestly temporary sometimes. So that fear of rejection often keeps us from putting our best self forward. Cool. And so that's the first one. I find to to, yeah, to you know, so yourself. Okay, what's number two? Number two, man, I would say be balanced. Okay. Be balanced. Okay. And that's one thing I truly believe in, man. Like as much as I, you know, take time to write, to work on this and that. Dude, I, so I, I, I'm good at just not doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like just not doing nothing. Like sometimes it just, like I mentioned earlier, just being able to go outside. For yeah. me, just sitting down, just sitting down on the bench, looking out over the bay, I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. Because I, I truly believe in being able to give the mind the balance that it needs to rest yeah. so that when you come back, like you're fresh. So I truly believe in being balanced. So whatever it is that that person enjoys, whether it's playing a sport, whether it's watching a Netflix show, whether it's cooking, yeah. gardening, you know, it's just being able to have that balance um, and, and keeping it that way. It's good because the mind is going to yeah. rest regardless. 
Um, it can rest or it can shut down, but exactly. it will break. It will break. And I think that exactly. a lot of people have had mental breakdowns or episodes or um, just have gone through mental trauma is because uh, some of us might be workaholics, but there are those of us who have suppressed a lot of feelings, a lot of events, and we haven't really processed them, but they're continually in a sense of consciously just working in the background, working in the background until one day the straw, the proverbial straw breaks the camel's back and man, we just snap. So, so it, it you can either rest those things in a sense. Some of us need therapy. Some of us need a therapist to mm -hmm. decompress and to upload those those traumatic experiences or those thoughts or those the stressors to someone else. And and to your mm -hmm. point, sometimes it just takes one peaceful walk alongside yeah. you know the seashore. Yeah. Like sometimes that's all it takes. You know, so so yeah. we've got being true to yourself. We've got being balanced. What's the last one? Uh, the last one may sound simple, man, but it's just start. I like that. Start. I like like that. it sounds it sounds so simple that yeah. sounds boring, but you know, I I sometimes, like you mentioned a few moments ago, I don't always know where every story is going. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Like I, I genuinely don't. I, I sometimes I literally like let's say take a poem for example. Like I'll write a poem just based on one word. Like I I I, I do the whole uh, uh, dictionary app where I get a, like a word a day. Yeah. Type of sort of thing. And one day you know I get my like, oh that's a nice word. Like I like to use that word. Mm -hmm. And I was like I'm gonna write a whole poem just for the sake of including that word. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know where that poem is going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, that, I said, I said that, that word is kerfuffle. Like <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna write about. Yeah. But I just know that at some point or another, I'm gonna have that word in there. Yeah. And that allows me the ability to create something around it. You know who does this? Dave Chappelle. Mm, in one yeah. of his specials, in one of his specials, he mentions <laughs> that he writes punchlines without having a setup yet. Oh. So what he does, he says he does, he has a fishbowl, he has punchlines in it, and then he puts it in there. And then when, you know, he's working on a set or do whatever, he'll go and then like, he'll pull it out. And then he has his punchline, but it's like, I'll, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. Like, this is a, like this is a punchline, I kick, I kick somebody in the chin, in the shin. That like, I don't know how, but at the end of this joke, somebody will get kicked in the shit. Right, right. So that's what happens to me a lot of times. But if I don't start, yeah, yeah, I'm never gonna get there. Yeah. So for me, a lot of times it's just I feel the need for writing. I feel the need for creating. I have no idea where it's gonna end, how it's gonna end, but it's just I'll write the first, you know, the first thing and. Just put it out there. So whatever it is, you know, just 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 start. Just start. You may not know when you're gonna finish. Mm. Um, you know, like right here in my in my in my line of sight, I'm looking at, at my whiteboard. I have about close close to sixty things. <laughs> more than, yo, if I be sure, more than sixty items yeah. that I like 
I just their ideas that I have not even started yet because I'm working on some other things. But it's just yeah. like I know that at some point it just boom, start there, boom, start mm-hmm. that. And then I start the process. So yeah, the three things to your own self, be true, uh, be balanced, mm-hmm. and start. I like start. that. I like that. Um, yeah, you know, as I'm looking at the uh, the the titles, you know, the idea titles as well. It started out with a lot, and then I I forced myself. Uh, you know, I just found another way. I just found another platform to put it on to not write anything new and to just write the ones, use the ones that are already there, yeah. or then using something else and just putting it, you know, tucking it away somewhere else. Exactly. <laughs> so I think always exactly. having the ideas is good, but I love seeing that my ideas are kind of being marked as done. Because right, right, you know, exactly, exactly. I like that. I like that just to start. You know, so my my top three, I think I'm gonna go back to to what I to what I said yesterday. Um, I love how your first two dealt with um with you, right? With your person. You gotta be true to yourself. You have to know who you are. There's a level of self-awareness that's necessary to even know what's true about you. And then you also have to choose to um to to balance not necessarily the truth but to balance the workload to balance whatever it is but to be balanced and i like that that's that's how you put it you you didn't say you know you know you need to balance whatever whatever you said you need to be balanced so that is very interesting and maybe, maybe it is you know balancing that truth of who you are and and being able to to yeah. that's that's interesting but the key that you hit and i like that you gotta start. A lot of us are very introspective. A lot of us are insular where we may know who we are and we may have this great balance, but nothing begins. So, so my three is kind of beginning uh, where yours ends, I would say. So the, the first one would be to, to practically find the place to start. So I guess this would be number four. So you got to start, but what are you going to start with? Where, where are you going to cho- choose mm-hmm, one? Mm-hmm. Find one and just start there. The one thing. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about there are really three pieces of content that we all consume. It's only happening in three forms. It's either text, audio, or video, right? That's that's it. That's all you got. You know, you either mm-hmm. see it, you either hear it, or you read it which is really seeing it too. But you know, um, that's it. And unless you are, you know, somebody who's a chef, whatever, then you taste it and all of that. But we're talking about, you know, sharing content online. Um, Yeah, it's really text, audio, or or video. So that's the first one. Choose the platform. And when I say platform, like, let's get really specific. Choose one thing. Like, writing for me right now is in medium. That's it. Like, that is my go-to place because now I can choose the balance piece. Now I don't have to, Think about, oh, should I write here? Should I write here? Well, what do I need to put? One spot, start there. And then the next one is to be consistent. You know, I had this uh, this thing that I used to do back in the day with artists or authors that I would um, connect with. I asked them to write one word in my book. Just one word, you mm-hmm. know, particularly based on their successes and, you know, probably with what this book meant to them and what was necessary or whatnot. And Eric Thomas wrote in my book, Consistent. So choose a platform, be consistent with that platform. Now with that, you know, it takes discipline. 
right? So if you have to build out a routine, uh, that's the easiest way to do yeah. it. Same time, same place, you know, all of that. It really takes out the guesswork on how to start. Uh, Twyla Tharp, she, she talks about this, uh, this, this idea of in her book, um, ah, man, what is her book called? Let's, let's pull this up. Twyla Tharp, The Creative Habit. Great book. She, uh, you know, talks about this idea of, of creating routines and there's simply a way, a small action to do the bigger thing. You know, so for her, going to the gym was the bigger thing. Um, so back then, before there was Uber, she would have to take a taxi cab to uh, to the gym. She lived in New York City. So what she would do is she would call the taxi driver. Like, she would call the service, which, in a sense, holds her accountable because now they're downstairs. She has to go, right? So there's that right. level of the small action that's done. So So that's it. Find the platform. Uh, be consistent with it. And the last one is really tied to the first, which is to share it. Share mm -hmm. it, share the value with somebody else. Our gifting, leaning in aggressively means nothing if nobody knows <laughs> what we're leaning into and why we're providing it. You know, us writing a beautiful piece of poetry or, you know, a, a well-researched article or a, a properly designed application or prototype means nothing if no one else can see it. So we've got be true to yourself, be balanced, start. Then we've got find the platform to start on, be consistent, and share it. This is the this was this was good. This was good, Max. Yeah, man. and, and, and uh, I would just say that um, <laughs> I like how your I like how, how your three, like you said, it's really not a two, three and three, nice, just a six because they follow themselves so well, especially the, the fourth one, your first one, mm -hmm. uh, to find, you see you do a platform, but I'm saying to find that first step um, to start, because I think, for example, there are some mornings I don't wanna work out <laughs> for whatever reason, mm -hmm. I'm just, my body's just not in it, mentally I'm just not in it, mm -hmm. but I know I need to work out, so usually, I know the first thing that I need to do. Now, first uh, thing usually yeah. is uh, there's a stretch. There's a stretch where uh, I, I hold the bar over my head and I, I'm double jointed, so I'm able to go all the way back where I kind of mm -hmm. like open up the shoulders, open up the chest, mm -hmm. sort of kind of like, and that first stretch kicks me off. So I know true? if I do that first one, yeah. Then I have to do the second one. I was like, the second one. I was yeah. And once I go through my stretching process, my body's a bit more loose, especially if I'm doing it outside. I'm taking in some other fresh air, mm -hmm. some sun. And then from there, I can work out. You know what I'm saying? And so that's key, man. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, it's kind of like, oh, it's so funny. I was talking about it earlier for some reason. When you think of like, uh, I was talking about basketball, for example. Um, when you need, like, when you're a basketball player, especially a great basketball player, yeah. and you need a bucket, like your team needs a bucket right uh -huh. now. Uh -huh. What's your go-to? Yeah, like you have, you yeah. have a go-to move that you know I, I can go to this every time, and I'm gonna get a basket. But Michael mm. Jordan was a fadeaway jumper. Fadeaway mid-range mid -range jumper. No matter what, I can go to this 
and find it and get it. Yeah. And a lot of times that just sort of gives you the ability to know, okay, boom, I can go now. I know some of uh, uh, Ray Allen, for example, great three point shooter, right? Mm. But there were times he was off. One of the things that he used to do was when he was off on the three ball line, he would go to the basket mm. because for him, it was an out of score basket or I get a foul and I go to the free throw line. Mm, he was also exactly. an excellent free throw shooter. Yeah. So now when he goes to the free throw line, he already knows I'm a 90 plus percent free throw shooter. Yeah. He's like one goes in, two will go in. And just the visual of seeing the ball go into the basket, Yeah. that helps some of the rest of his game to go back to the front line. So it's just like sometimes you just need that one thing to just like – once I do this, yeah, I know the rest. Yeah. <laughs> the rest can come. That's, man, that's why routines are so key. That, like you said, that yeah. one thing can trigger the cascade of productivity that's that's supposed to fill our day. Max, this was a great conversation. So just to recap, guys, yeah, we're going to lean into these last sixty days. We're leaning into it aggressively. We're not half half doing it aggressively. We're doing three things. Well, six things now. It's be true to yourself, be balanced, just start, find the platform, be consistent, and share. Share your work. All right, guys. So um, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and sign off, but I really appreciate you guys for joining and uh, for listening in. Now, uh, if you are interested in the live your story, uh, the learn your story, live your purpose uh, sessions that we're doing right now, uh, go ahead and uh, sign up at uh, Crowdcast. Dot io, and you're gonna put in forward slash. Uh, I need to figure out what this. What you know? What? I'm just gonna put it in a link because it's it's a it's quite. <laughs> but it's on Crowdcast. You know, you can look me up, Christopher Bartley, or you can put in Antihero Clinic. It'll show up. But um, but yeah, guys, this was great. Looking forward to the next one, and uh, you guys enjoy. Don't make this a chore. Enjoy the last two months by embracing your gift and living to the fullest. We'll see you guys in the next one. All right.